Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Profane Arguments podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. And I'm Ian. So, we're putting together this podcast, and uh, you may be asking yourself, what is it all about? We plan on discussing recent events, or maybe some slightly older events, if they're big enough for us to talk about, that have either a religious tone or impact on society. Maybe a religious nut who makes it into the news, a politician, or a combination of both. We are going to be giving a secular slant on these items, events that we're discussing, and we will be giving you our take on these events. Why are we doing this? Because mainly the religious, we feel that the religious folk have had a kind of a stranglehold on society for way too long, and that's what people have come to expect, that they continue to control the country in every aspect, from politics to all the little things. So we think that the more secular voices there are that are out there, the better chance of having reason and facts hold sway against faith and, and their beliefs. So we figure with this being the first episode, we are going to uh, give you an idea of who we are, and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to do a basic intro for everyone. So I've done enough talking. Who wants to go first? Karen? Hey, can I interject yeah. something real quickly before we start? Yep. With the introductions. And this is probably going to not put me in a good light with everybody who listens to this, but I have never known, nor do I know now, what the word secular means. Can someone explain that to me? I think it's basically just non-religious, isn't it? Is that what it is? That's all think, it is? I think so. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's non-religious or non-spiritual. Denoting attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Okay. Yeah. That sums me up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I guess with my background, when we get to that, I heard that, I think I've heard that word my entire life. So when you asked, I was just dumbfounded. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. I have heard the word before, but for some reason, I thought it had, I thought it meant religious. So when I hear secular, cause you, I guess cause you always hear secular and religion in the same sentence. Mm. Where I was just like, oh, okay. Who are those people? What are they into? Those secular people. <laughs> yeah. So the secular is just a non-religious perspective, which I think we kind of all fall into, but hey, maybe not. We'll, we'll, we'll know here in a minute. Well, all right. So my background is I grew up secular. Um, my dad was, uh, Anglican Church of England. It's anti-Catholic. Church of uh, Church of the Crown, basically. And my mother's family was never religious. I asked her about it the one time. She said something about the war kind of knocked their religion out of her family. So, fair enough. They were both scientists, so religion was never a topic. The only other thing I really have to say about my upbringing was, at one point, my best friend was a Southern Baptist named Pam. And her family tried to lure me into the religion. And at one point, they were, uh, they asked me to get baptized. I didn't know what that meant. So I asked my parents and they went, whoa, 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 as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of me going to church with them. Uh, so is that why we've never met Pam? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Well, then she moved back to North Carolina and they didn't have indoor plumbing anymore and I was out. <laughs> oh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I was Strong curious believers. about the Southern Baptists. I thought you were in Pennsylvania. So the Southern Baptists threw me off. Yeah, they they were from North Carolina. They moved to Pennsylvania, and then they moved back down south again. And I visited them once, and that was the end of that. Both your parents were scientists? Is that what you said? Yeah. My dad was uh, an immunologist, and my mom was uh, a lab rat, basically. She did um, the the work in the lab that, where my father worked. So <laughs> That's and, not what I think of when I think of lab rat. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you grew up what some people say, secular? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ian, I used it in a good context right there. <laughs> 
actually. <laughs> Check. Is it my turn? Yes. It is. Sure, go ahead. Oh, God. Mine is a little complicated. I guess you could say that I did grow up secular as well. Uh, there was no religion in my house except when my grandparents showed up, who were Jewish, and so was my mother, raised Jewish. I apparently was not raised Jewish. I didn't really know the difference between Judaism and Christianity or any of that stuff like that because we had Christmas trees and I never had a bar mitzvah ever. I never went to Hebrew school and I think I only wore a yarmulke once and I think that was for somebody's funeral. But what's interesting though is that since I got raised by a single mother, I got babysat a lot on the weekends, which usually crossed over into Sundays. So I went to church a lot with those people who were usually babysitting me and sometimes even got shoved into Sunday school, not Hmm. understanding what was going on at all and not really, none of it making any impact on me at all. I was dreaming about Superman or whatever flying through the wall <laughs> while I was sitting in the church. But my grandparents were very, very religious. Um, I'm surprised that I never had a bar mitzvah, but it never really came up. And that's just the way everything f- fell, you know, came about. It was odd. Hmm. Well, in, in Judaism, in the, the tradition, it's the, the, the mother's religion that carries to the children, right? So you technically Correct. are Jewish. Yeah. Yes. Oh. While, while, while no. being an atheist. Officially, according to Hebrew law, Jared right. is a Jew. No. From what I understand, well, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> according to Hebrew law and every asshole that you mentioned that you're Jewish, that someone's Jewish in your family. <laughs> yeah, once you say it, you're Jewish. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, and I really had an opportunity here. I, this Judaism thing has haunted me <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, here's a chance where I get to introduce myself and no one ever has to know that people in my family are Jewish. And then I forgot, oh, wait a minute. This is the whole point of this goddamn podcast. <laughs> uh, but from what I understand, too, that that law about your mother and passing on a religion, that's actually like a Roman law. Hmm. Is that true? I'd have to look that up. But maybe maybe the Jews just carried that along. But yes, yes. According to the Jews, I am one of the chosen ones and I can get in and I can get into Israel, too, because of that. Or oh, at least become a citizen. Oh, really? <laughs> so it comes with benefits. Right. So I got that going for, for me. That sounds like a nice vacation. There's probably a lot to see historically. Maybe not wise. right now. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story about uh, I met somebody from uh, a woman from Israel one time when I was on a train coming back from Florida. And through the course of the conversation of us bullshitting, she says to me, she goes, well, what religion are you? And I said, oh, I'm not really. She goes, well, what are your parents? And I, you gave her the whole mother. My mother's Jewish. She says, oh, so you're Jewish. And I'm like. No. And she was like, no. So then she gets real quiet. And she looks at me. <laughs> she goes, you don't understand. She goes, you and me, we're the chosen people. We're going. <laughs> right? <laughs> she points that. She goes, see all these other people on the train? They're not going. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> wow. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of scary. But, you know, it's good to know I'm in the, with the good people. <laughs> yeah. high fiver. <laughs> <laughs> I think I ran away at that point. <laughs> But anyway, that was my growing up, so. Ian? Uh, well, lucky for me, both <laughs> of my parents were raised heavily religious and attended Catholic school, which immediately soured them to any kind of religion. <laughs> so I was raised in a completely secular household. My parents, you know, started off in Catholic school, then the whole, you know, hippie movement started and they joined the Peace Corps and went off to see the world and smoke weed and have a little baby named Ian while they were in the Philippines and <laughs> then they came back and they were, you know, you know, they never they never really looked back. My dad, you know, experimented with it as he got older. He uh went through a brief period where he was pretty certain that he was going to be a Buddhist and then he realized that that was 
uh, in his words, nonsense as well. So he went back to me <laughs> being, uh, being an atheist. And my mom, as soon as she was out, she was just like, I'm out. I don't need any of that extra drama. Um, you know, and I've been, I've been to my share of, uh, you know, first communions and dragged other, you know, hanging out with like Jared, hanging out with my friends. So I got, you know, thrown into a Sunday school class or three. Now that I'm looking back, I went to something in high school after school. That now that I look back, it was a, an incredibly religious after school program, but I had no <laughs> idea at the time. I was just going along with my friends because that's what I do. So no, uh, lifelong atheist, very lazy. The, uh, the non-commitment is my favorite part. I don't have to, uh, celebrate any particular holidays. I don't have to get dressed up when I don't want to. I don't have to follow any dietary restrictions. It's, it's good living. I agree. Yeah. It's funny, that's two mentions of Sunday school, I think, and I went to Sunday school as well, and I think the only reason I enjoyed it was because they would give me toys every time I would uh, memorize a Bible passage, and I was there for the toys. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear an awful story? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) So, again, one of these times where I was getting dragged along with the babysitter and her family, uh, it was, I think I told this story on my other podcast, so Ian might know it already. They were having a Christmas party in the priest's basement of his house for all the kids. So, of course, I tagged along. And there's food and there's drinks and there's Christmas songs and all this fun stuff. And they had a door prize that they were giving away. They were handing out tickets to all the kids. And I won the door prize. <laughs> they called it out. And I went up there. And it was just – I swear to God. I mean, granted, I was probably like five or six years old. But this thing looked like it was about seven feet tall, this stocking full of toys and candies and all kinds of various things. So they're handing it to me and they're congratulating me and this and that. And then I set it aside and everybody goes and mills around. And the priest comes up to me with the woman who was babysitting me. She's like, he's like, I don't think I've ever seen you in the church. He's like, do your parents go to the church? Now, being a six-year-old and not knowing much, I immediately blurt out, no, my mom's Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he goes, your mother's Jewish? And the woman goes, well, I babysit him and that's why he's here. And he looks – he says this to me, not to her. He goes, you know, when I hold these Christmas parties and events, he goes, I like to look out and see my own children. So I'm going to have to take that door prize <gasps> away and give it away oh, to no somebody way. else. No way. I swear to those other people's God that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you were six years old for Christ's sake. That's horrible. And I had to leave. I had to stand outside. <laughs> That's wow. the Christian thing to do. Yeah. Oh, that is man. the Christian thing. You're, you're I Christ. was – I mean, I really didn't put it together, and, like, it's not like I went home and told my mom. I was just so sh- – I was, like, didn't understand anything. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm not one of them, I guess. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Would you like to take this time to name this priest by name? <laughs> oh, yeah, his name is Father Hines. He's a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that was going to happen, but I just thought I would throw it out there anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, Father Hines. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Kick me out. <laughs> wow. I mean, I actually probably should thank him. He probably set me on the path that I am. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, in complete contrast, I grew up in uh, a Quaker family, friend's household, which is a very liberal church. Well, we don't have we 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 didn't have strict communion. There was no like if you picture anything you've seen on TV that happens in the church, that wasn't that wasn't what we had. We had basically gatherings where people would talk. About God, sometimes they would be a you know they would choose someone to give a sermon. Other times we had a pastor for you know months at a time. But yeah, that was every every week, every Sunday. 
for my first almost 18 years. But I had an experience fairly early on that gave me a lot of questions. Basically, it was they 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 took a I don't know how old we were, maybe seven or eight. They took us to uh, to get our first communion, and it wasn't a big deal. Like the whole church wasn't there or anything. They just basically grabbed us out of Sunday school, and they but they sat you down and they were all serious about doing the the communion, and they told you what it was, and they were all serious about it, accepting God into your heart, and. You know, I'd been raised in this. I had my own Bible that I carried around. And a total believer at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm like, all right, this is it. This is going to be like a life changer, right? And we went up to the front of the church, and the pastor came over, and he gave me the, the unleavened bread and the little glass of grape juice, because we're Quakers, we don't do alcohol, <laughs> and nothing. Like, there wasn't anything. I didn't feel good about it. The bread was awful. <laughs> the grape juice was weak. Like it was just, <laughs> I didn't feel any better. Not nothing. So was, I started. Was everybody else around you having some kind of experience? I don't know. I, I, I did. I, I couldn't ask, you know, like I didn't want right. to ask. Did, did you not feel anything either? I mean, that would, that wouldn't go over well. <laughs> well, I didn't know if like people were like falling over crying and you no. know, you're like, wait a minute, I'm not getting anything. Out of Everybody this. was just very serious. And I mean, for seven or eight year old kids, this was pretty, you know, pretty serious stuff. And mm-hmm. we just went back into the, the Sunday school room and started playing again. And I was so confused because I expected this huge thing. So, you know, I started answering questions and the, you know, some of the questions they could answer and other ones I didn't think they answered very well. And, I kept like reading the Bible and, but then eventually when I, like, as soon as I got out of high school, I joined the military, which is a very strange thing for a Quaker to do because they're all about peace, right? But at this point, I knew, I mean, this is, you know, 10 years after the, the whole communion experience, right? So I knew that that wasn't for me. So I went to the military and I got exposed to other religions like Islam and, and like I, I you know, met all these different people from different backgrounds. And my questions, really multiplied. They were like, well, all right, so he thinks his way is right and my way is wrong, and what makes him think that? We're both looking at the same book, you know? We're both looking at the same God. So by the time I got out of the military, I knew I wasn't Christian, but it probably wasn't until, like, my late 20s that I realized that I just really didn't believe in in any God at all and considered myself an atheist. I've probably only been an atheist for about 10 to 12 years. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, uh, what sets Quakers apart from uh, any other religion falling under Christianity? I, I don't know a lot about Quakers. I'm picturing Amish people. <laughs> so, so, like that whole story you told me, you were like in an oldie time little house in a prairie school house. <laughs> that's, that's almost true, except for the hats. There's no, you know, the buckles on the hats. and uh, But now you get the, the Quaker Oats guy, right? That's who people usually yeah, think Yeah, I was of. going down that route. <laughs> so, so when, when America was founded, it was basically founded by two religious groups that wanted to break, break away from the Anglican religion. It was the Quakers and the Puritans. Uh, the Puritans were the whip you until you believe God kind of people, right? Right. Really strict. Uh, the Quakers were the liberal version. Oh, okay. They believe that as long as you believe in Jesus and, you know, accept the word of God, that you're good. Like, that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And they were, so they were very accepting. They would let people come to their meetings, 
Meanwhile, the Puritans were very strict, regimented, and they actually, the, the Puritans actually burned several Quakers at the stake for blasphemy. So there was a lot of contention there. So the Quakers, basically what I was taught was we were for peace, turning the other cheek, uh, like beyond belief, right? Like in any situation, you turn the other cheek. Right. And your word is your word. You never swear. You never swear in the Bible. That's blasphemy. <laughs> but you're very open to other people's beliefs. And you don't think that, well, if you don't believe like me, you're going to hell. You just... All right, well, you're a little different, but as long as you believe in Jesus. So, like I said, a fairly liberal church, not like the Puritans. So there's no special rules, though, like no electricity, no. No, nothing (laughs) Nothing like like that. that. So how did your family take to this? (laughs) Well, my, yeah, so that's interesting. So (laughs) my, my dad was in the Marines, so he was, he didn't like me going into the military just because he had a horrible experience and he figured I would have a horrible experience, but not because of his religious beliefs. Like he, he, he had no, well, he, he wasn't, he never actually went to church. He always stayed at home. So I think that led me down the path of, all right, well, there, there, obviously there are more options, right? There's, Mm -hmm. but my mom actually, my mother still does not know that I, that I don't believe. I would say she doesn't know for sure. She doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm friends with her on Facebook and it's fairly obvious from some of my posts, but I, I don't know if she's willfully denying, but I mean, I have flat out told her that I would never call myself a Christian because just because of what Christians do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The majority of people who proclaim themselves Christians are just freaking assholes. I mean, there's a ton of people out there who are Christian who are good people. Well, the, Most the, people, of that, them, but, the people that she surrounds herself with are good people. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But then you've got the people on TV who mm. would call themselves a Christian just to, you know, show off. But in any case, I, so my mother still doesn't know. I, I don't know about my brother. I, I have a theory that he's also atheist, but just won't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's generally not very, uh, uh, communicative, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. I talk to him once a year, sharp. <laughs> I'm a, I am truly amazed when someone in your situation can, form that thought later on in life after years of compounded information coming at you like that. Like Ian, me, Karen, we had it easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Really yeah. easy. But uh, this actually brings up another question though. Cause what, at what point did you guys say like, yes, I am an atheist because for me, you know, obviously being a kid, even though I wasn't raised Jewish, you know, I heard of God. I knew that he supposedly watched me do everything I did, and if, if I messed up, I was going to hell. So for a good number of years, I obviously thought there was a God, but I also thought there was a Santa Claus and an Easter Bunny and all that stuff. And I would say it was probably in my early teens where I was started to be like, some of this shit just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's certain things that weren't jiving. And then I probably like around 18, I was like, I am uh, agnostic. I don't know. And then probably... 25, I was like, fuck it, I'm an atheist. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> my, I had a, my roommate in college was Catholic and we're still friends on Facebook. She's very Catholic and we used to have, you know, very long, in-depth, alcohol-fueled conversations to the middle of the night talking about. Was she drinking? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Catholics drink. <laughs> sure. No, I'm just curious. Some don't. Yeah. Some don't. No, we, we used to have these profound arguments and conversations uh, about God and the nature of the universe and stuff like that. And she, and we kind of introduced each other to 
our ideas because she had never met somebody who was, I think I was calling myself agnostic at the time too, because I was young and stupid. I didn't know any better. Right. <laughs> but by the end of those, you know, the two years that we lived together, I was an atheist and she was still a Catholic, but she was not as Catholic as, uh, as when we started. I considered that a victory. <laughs> Ian? Day oh, one, uh, I was atheist. <laughs> right. I, I went the similar direction as Jared did. Mine probably lasted even longer, though. I rode that agnostic wave for as long as possible because it really played into my whole uh, general apathy kind of lifestyle that I was leading <laughs> back in my 20s and maybe even early 30s then. Again, I don't remember. The, it, probably in my early 30s, someone explained to me that, yes, I understand that there is no way you will ever know for sure, but seeing as there is absolutely no evidence in favor, it's okay to say there is no God. And I went, oh, well, all right, that's a fair assessment. I could get on board for that. So, I don't know. I've maybe been phoning it in for the last, like, eight years. Well, to be honest with you, like, I'm 40. Ian, what, you're 37? Yes. No, I'm, I could be 38. It's hard you to say. You could be 38. <laughs> Ray and Karen, I don't know what age range you guys are in. I'm 50. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so we're roughly the, in the same area. Yeah. Back then, like, one, I never knew any atheist or right. even knew, like, a famous atheist. And to even mention those words was pretty much, like, you could really get ostracized some in some areas. And it really hasn't, maybe in the past 10 years, 10 years or so, I've seen, like, more people. Po- I mean, a lot of people can name who Richard Dawkins is. Right. You know, but, but 20 years ago, not a clue. And I really have to thank, like, somebody like George Carlin, mm-hmm. like, watching his stand up and hear him talk about that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm right on board. That's exactly what I've been thinking, too. And like, I'm looking around. I'm like, hey, I can say this out loud to other people if I want to. Yeah. And then n- I did. Yeah. Because nobody ever talked about um, atheist and agnostic, really. People were religious or quiet. Right, exactly. Well, yeah. a few hundred years ago, it would get you burned. So I think people, I mean, well, even in the 50s with the, you know, McCarthyism, I mean, that's not, that's not all that long ago. We have a lot of people that, you know, the older generation that still have that in their mind. Right. That if you're well, an atheist, that you're, that means you're a communist and you worship Satan. <laughs> well, and to take it a step further, there are what is it? I don't remember the number. Something like nine countries. In the world that, um, if you're an atheist, they can, they, the, the law allows them to put you to death. Oh, yeah. I, that, that's stunning. I think <laughs> they, they just uh, did a poll here in, the, in our own country here of the United States where they would vote for Muslim Jews and a bunch of other religions before they would ever vote for an atheist. Yeah. That was at the bottom of the list. Yet atheists hold a major majority in this country over blacks, Jews, and it might even be uh, homosexuals. Yeah, I believe you're correct, yeah. Right. But I we don't have any my, lobbies. Uh, my, my, my brother, my younger brother, not terribly long ago, probably less than a year ago, had a, uh, you know, a woman and a, I don't want to say long-term, but like a six-month, you know, monogamous romantic relationship when she found out he was not religious. She was like, what? I don't think this Get is going to work out. See ya. What? Really? Like, yeah. just like that? Didn't even try to convert him? Not even give no, him a chance? Nothing. She's like, I'm done. Nope. She was, uh, she was like, sorry, no dice. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a bummer. <laughs> and yeah. yet maybe better off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. was willing to stay with her. Right. Yeah, he was, sure. he was comfortable. He was flexible. But again, 
I'm, I'm with Ray maybe better off. Again, and that, that was for weird, shallow reasons. My brother and I have polar opposite tastes in women. It, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I ask him to like describe his ideal woman, he's like, well, tall, blonde, southern accent. I'm like, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> He was dating this one woman, and he's like, yeah, I had to break up with her. She just had too many tattoos. I was like, I hate you so bad! <laughs> <laughs> too many tattoos? He was like, they, they were distracting. I was like, you're, you're, ugh. As as him, but he is not my brother. As long as they're not on her forehead, I don't get the problem. <laughs> uh, I once dated a Sunday school teacher for ooh. quite a bit. Oh. How'd that go? Well, I mean, I made it plain and clear on our first date where I stood mm. on the subject. <laughs> I was like, so j- I go, if this is going to be a problem, let me know. But I don't believe in your God or any God or anything like that. And she's like, okay, well, we'll just never discuss it. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> now, granted, I met her on a pretty hardcore sex site. <laughs> So she, this is, I was almost a little turned on by the Sunday school teacher thing when I found it out. Because <laughs> I was like, you're living like a double life here. That's a lot of forgiveness for to ask for. Yeah. That was all on her, though. I had nothing. <laughs> a lot of Hail Marys. Should be all right. Yeah. All right. All right. We're, we're like halfway in here and we have not started on any of the news topics that we wanted to do. <laughs> so why don't we. Right. I was, that's good. We should, because I was just about to derail the show because I just stumbled onto something unrelated. Oh, well, that was, that, that just was... remind me to ask uh, Ray and Karen things after the show. Okay. okay. So as we move into the news section, we're going to hit something that's, um, I don't know, kind of heavy, pretty heavy. <laughs> Very so, heavy. <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's something that is incredibly, uh, I don't know, just distasteful. And if you didn't like religion, or if you do like religion, maybe this will change your mind. So, yeah, Karen brought this up. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people don't believe that the Mormon church is a real church. They kind of put it out towards Scientology. So they might not have as much impact on your (laughs) fundamentalist Christian as you might think. Scientology, who we know is not a real church. (laughs) (laughs) On the the continuum of crazy, they're at the, the far end. And and Mormons are a little out there as well. So back in November, I think it was, the Mormons decided that the LGBT community could not be a part of their church. They said anybody that was in a non-traditional marriage could not be a member of the church. And they extended it to not just those people, but also to their children. They said no child of a non-traditional marriage could be a member of the church and could not take communion and couldn't be part of the traditions until they turned 18 years old, then they could be baptized, but only if they renounced their par- their parents' marriage practices. Starting to sound a so- lot like Scientology to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this was a big, there was a big uproar in November, but now they're starting to look at some of the, the fallout from this and the uh, youth suicides in the Latter-day Saints community has actually gone up because of it. And uh, the, what was the guy's name? One of the elders was asked. Dolan Oaks. Yeah. He was asked what he thought about this, you know, crisis in the increase in the youth suicide. And he says, that's a question that will be answered on Judgment Day. I will be accountable Ugh. to a higher authority for that. And that was <laughs> his only response. Yeah, so to give you an idea, this Dallin Oaks is not just a member or, or a high-ranking guy. He is one of the 12 apostles of the Church of Latter-day Saints. So, pseudo-popey? They have apostles? <laughs> right. So, he's like in Joseph Smith territory? Like, 
when he dies, you'll have to like go in front of him. Well, he is one of the twelve current. Like, there's always twelve current apostles. Oh, oh, okay. So I have no idea, like, for how long. I'm assuming it's a lifelong thing. And unfortunately, that's about as far as I know in Mormonism. Uh, that and what I learned on South Park. <laughs> that's where everybody knows about Mormonism. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's how you know the story. But yeah, so he is one of the twelve, like, highest people in the church and his his yeah his answer is that he will be judged by god which i'm sure to him sounds very profound but to the people who believe that his god is a, a you know imaginary friend to, to um, what a cop out what a what mm. a complete yeah well i'm going to have to answer to my imaginary friend later well, and he actually said that, you know the change to the policy was a revelation from god how how that manifested itself i don't know but Oh, so he's saying God gave a ring and you need to change this? I don't know if it was a dream or, you know, a piece of paper or somebody handed to him in church. I'm not right. sure, but. So God came and said, I do, in fact, hate the gays. Please help <laughs> this me just out. just in. Right. <laughs> yeah. You need to excommunicate them. Yeah. The, 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 same, the same message he delivered to Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> 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 it's just one of those things that, you know, the no tolerance. That's what bothers me about it, and and the fact that the the lives of these people don't matter at all to them. It's so, not. It, I'm sorry. Go on. It's very um, non-Christian, right? And I, well, that makes I, it I feel, perfect again, sense. I feel to like me. Mormonism is very non-Christian. It's kind of its its own. Those Latter Day Saints are, are definitely their own special breed. They do believe in Jesus, though. They just add on an extra. What is it? He came back and went to the Americas or something. Something about the Ozarks. I don't remember. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Joseph Smith was in the woods, and he found the. Or no, then he was. Jesus came to him and a couple other people too, right? Well, the the the, the angel Gabriel, right? And they, he gave him the golden discs or whatever. And well, I thought it was the angel Moroni. Oh, is it? Isn't that how they? Oh, got their Gabriel name? came to uh, uh, Muhammad. I'm getting my. Oh, did he? Uh, I'm that pretty was nice sure. of him. It was. <laughs> Can we all agree that it's Christianity with an extra layer of crazy on it? Right, exactly. So what you have is, you, you know, you have Judaism, which is a certain level of craziness, and, you know, you have to believe in talking snakes and a virgin birth. And then as you as you move on and you get Christianity and, and then, you know, Islam and Mormonism, there's just, you know, you got to tack on a little bit more crazy each time. You, you, can't, you can't subtract because they're all no. based on the uh, Abrahamic God. <laughs> but you just got to tack on a little bit more. So back to the story, though. The people, the who who is committing suicide? Younger teens who are gay or lesbian? Yes. So they're still Mormons, but the fact that they got excommunicating them is driving them nuts, and they're killing themselves. Or yeah, remember these are all these are all kids that are under eighteen, so they have not yet come to the you know the age of decision making capability in their brain. Oh so, no, no, I'm not faulting the kids for what they're doing. I just no, wasn't no. sure. So, for instance, so like, are their whole families turning their backs on certain kids in their family if they're if they're gay? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. So these Jesus. these kids who have been raised as Mormons, I mean, they believe that they're Mormons. They believe the whole thing, and now suddenly the they're not allowed to go and have communion. They're not, you know, they're basically. I mean, they're not being excommunicated, but they're being ex excluded. Well, they're being shunned, right? To use it, you know, old, you know, an old traditional word. Which Boy, and they you, can't if, even get in a pray pray away the gay program like they do in other churches. Nope. Until <laughs> I mean, the, the the children, just because their parents are gay, are not allowed in the church, and any children that are gay are not allowed in, ever in the church. So they have excluded you know, an entire section of the, of their their followers because some guy you know 
read a rock in his hat. Mm. <laughs> How can you be an adult and gay and be a Mormon? Well, that's, yeah, that's a good How question. Can you justify that. Well, how can you be an how can you be an adult non-white guy and be a Mormon? Because up until what was it, the 1960s, you couldn't be a member of of the church if you were black. I think it was even later than that. It might <laughs> have been in the yeah. 80s. I could it's be possible. wrong. I think you could be a member in the 60s or 70s, but you couldn't be like a, an elder or anything. How can you pick and alienate like large sections of the populace? This is the same religion that sends people out in, you know, their fineries to beg people to join their religion. And now they're like, no, you can't join our religion. Like, is that what mission is all about? You slap on a nice shirt and tie and you just go up to people and be like, please be a Mormon. We need more Mormons. Well, they keep pushing some out on one side and pulling in others on the other side. I guess. I guess I wouldn't think there were that many people to. I wouldn't be that picky if (laughs) if this is all a numbers game or are they a, a quality, not quantity type of religion. Ah, well, I think the the other problem is, I mean, got, like Oaks, he actually believes that he's doing God's will, so it really doesn't matter. The numbers, I don't think, when you're the, when you get to a certain level of fanaticism, the numbers just aren't right, a concern but as I much. I guess again, if, if I'm on that that council of twelve, numbers equals dollars, and that's what it's all about. Oh, Mormons are already loaded, though. They right. got a lot of money, though. You could never have enough. Oh, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. But do you but, really think that, like? Obviously, this guy is, is a true believer because he's not get, they're, they're not making any money off of this, like Ian said. So you know, it's not like like a like a Ted Cruz stance on gays or anything <laughs> like that. But we know, at least the four of us know, and a good portion of the populace know that God did not come down and, and tell him this. So it's really just a deep seated hate of gays right. and him gang saying not gang saying, <laughs> you know, hey. Here's a way for me to get him out of here. And I could tell everybody God told me. What if it's even more calculating, though? It just occurred to me. What if it's it's more about knowing the, the, you know, the United States has a large percentage of the population that are homophobic and, and racist. And to, in order to catch their attention, you do something like this. And, oh, maybe the Mormons aren't so bad. Maybe I can join them because they believe what I believe. Yeah, but almost every religion says that. Right, you know? hating the gays is nothing new. Yeah, that's old school hate. <laughs> that's, that's that's on an upswing. <laughs> they need something new. Which I would to- just instruct all these people who are Christians and hate the gays go back and read your your book, the Book of Samuel, Samuel one. Come on, go back and read it. If you read that thing and don't read it as a scripture, read it as a book. Read it like it's a you know a novel you pulled down off the shelf at a bookstore. The story of J- David and Jonathan; those guys were so flaming. They were so <laughs> hot for each other. I mean, they, in the in the Bible, they have them kissing each other. They they they're you know they they have nights together. Like I mean, you can't read that and not see that. That's and they were two heroes in the Bible. They were the well, they were the protagonists in the story. It's official. Raises the first name going down on the kill list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, read your own damn book. <laughs> Uh, okay, did we beat that one to death enough? I think we're good. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, to Ian. Ian, you have something oh, from Phoenix. I am. I'm going to take us to what is rapidly becoming, even though this is our, only, our first episode, our new favorite state in the Union. <laughs> Although, secretly, it is. I love the American Southwest. It is a uh, it's a very unique segment of the populace out there, and you get you get a pretty big cross-section of abnormalities. But Arizona, so the uh, Arizona House is 
voting, there is there is currently a bill being introduced into the Arizona House of Representatives. It is the Right to Know Act. Now, the uh, let me tell you about the Right to Know Act and its its purpose. When you receive medical treatment from your chosen provider or hospital, if a treatment conflicts with beliefs of their management, you know, religious beliefs, they do not have to let you know that that's an available course of treatment and, you know, can jeopardize your health and well-being. This is a piece of legislation that says that all, you know, and I'm talking about things like, you know, abortions, vasectomies, cancer treatments that a side effect is sterility. These are all things that they will avoid telling you are options to treat your ailments because their particular flavor of religion says that that is, you know, go, it goes against their dogma. So uh, this act is to help to circumvent that. This act says all these institutions have to provide all uh, of their patients with all available legal options. They don't have to actually perform the treatment themselves. No. But they have to tell you that it... Correct. Okay. That it is available. Right. They are in no way bound to perform them. So if you... Well, yes. This sounds like a good thing. It's absolutely... Yes. It's a great oh, okay. thing. The, the, this well, is, this the, is, if you want the negative part, the negative part is it isn't enacted yet. <laughs> right. It doesn't exist yet. So good you point. can have somebody who has a cure for your cancer... But because it will make you sterile, they will not, not only not give it to you, but not tell you about it. And you're going to your doctor expecting them to, to help you. And mm. they will, they will specifically just leave it out because they uh. don't think that it, uh, you know, they don't believe. I don't know what that is. I have no idea where that's coming from, actually. I've read the Bible a few times and I don't get What's it. What's that? The sterility? <laughs> right. Why are you so against, uh, you know, a sterility causing? Again, I blame Mormons. Well, it's, all, it's, it's all about expanding the population. Yeah. Because there's not enough people on Earth yet. <laughs> yet they try to stamp out sex as much as possible, though. It's, it's, it's so conflicting. <laughs> it well, again, as, long as, it's, as long as you're already in that religion and as long as you're already, you know, married to your partner, then they are confident that you will be able to indoctrinate your children at an early age. And <laughs> unless they happen to be named Ray... The chance of clawing their way out of that is slim. Indoctrinate is the right word, yeah. Brainwash is another, yeah. <laughs> we are truly not advanced as we think we are as a species, that there well, are people who close. are willing to, to to do that to another person. Like, I have a life-saving technique, but because my imaginary god told me not to do it, I'm not telling you about it. Sorry, sucker. And how how fragile are your beliefs that if they are challenged in the most minor way... Like, you just fall apart like that. Like, how does that damage your, you know, supposed, you know, unflinching belief in this God by saying, oh, by the way, if you do this, you'll probably live. It's not what I would choose, but... And I won't do it. I, and I can't. Right. My, I can't yeah. do it for you. But go You'll talk have to, you know, go across town to the county hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why can't you just worship in your own house by yourself and do whatever you want? Why do you have to impose it on somebody who's not in your religion? I don't know. Control? They have to believe. We don't have to believe. I don't know. Maybe there's a possibility that they think that if they, you know, if they tell you about it and you do it, that not not, not for not just for them, but that you're going to hell, and so they want to save you from that. Yeah, we're going to screw up your life here, but there's an eternity afterward that we're we're going to, you know, you're going to benefit from. 
but it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense though i mean there's a story the, the consequences of these things are um there was a lady that almost died at a catholic hospital because she was miscarrying and after the third time they sent her away in pain bleeding because she needed an abortion because her child was dead then they finally then the, the, it actually started being delivered and she had an infection and it, it was just a horrible horrible story and all they had to do was tell her please go over to the other hospital and they will take care of you. Here's what's wrong. Right. Your, your, your baby's dead. <sighs> but no, they almost let her die because of ethics. Uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> what I mean, do what? people do and operate in a fucking hospital in the first place? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's I a good question. Know. So I was curious about this when Ian suggested the topic. And it turns out that 20% of the U.S. health system is run by religiously affiliated providers. Sure. 20%. I, absolutely. I looked on a map and there's none near near me. <laughs> <laughs> there's one right down the road from me. Uh, but and sometimes they're easy. Sometimes they're easy to spot because there's a giant cross on them. But sometimes they're not. Right. No, they're not all called you know Saint someone or other memorial hospital. Right. I wonder why they got into that business though. What's that? Well, I would like oh, to think money. that they got into that <laughs> business in order to help people, but I don't know. I have a, a friend from high school who got into. He wanted to be a doctor to, uh, yeah, make loads and loads of cash. So, right. and I, I, I assume originally they got into it because the, you know, the monks and the priesthood; those were, you know, the the better educated segment of the populace. That would make sense, and, and they would have to. That's where you would have to go to get anything resembling medical care, and I assume it evolved from that. And you know now it's evolved into, like you said, just dollar signs. Yeah, but that that also begs the question: is why would anybody become like a surgeon, go through all that college, all through that medical school, and then go to a hospital where you could just be like, "All right, dude, you got to pray this one off. All right, <laughs> pray that broken arm off. I'm done." No, Ow. but no, God works through their hands. I mean, that's um, uh, the Republican candidate whose name is escaping me at the moment. Benjamin Carson. All Carson. Of ben Carson. <laughs> ben Carson. He's a gifted physician but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't think that it's his hands he thinks it is god working through his hands well from the way he talks on stage i hope that's true because man <laughs> is a freaking idiot uh, oh man i love ben carson i love him to death <laughs> he's just so cute from a comedic perspective i, I agree right. with you completely and i'm sure it, it, there's an altruistic beginning to it i think i mean i think it all starts from you know the, a good christian heart but it gets perverted along the way and i don't understand how they can how, how do they get that in that right in their heads that that it's okay to let somebody die it, it doesn't make any sense well when you use god's will or then you're off the hook on everything but if it's god's working through your hands you can't have it both ways no it he, doesn't matter no matter what choice you make it was god's will so whether you decide mm. to help or not help you're covered why, then why aren't they all just sitting in a corner masturbating somewhere? I don't get it. Because <laughs> that's a one-way ticket to the bad place. You don't want to do that. You don't want to piss off. blind. <laughs> Be a bunch of hairy-palmed blind guys bumbling around. All right. Um, yep. So that's all, at least, that I have from the uh, Arizona House of Representatives, at least on the good end. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd certainly wish this Dr. Randall Freeze – Yes. Freeze, I would imagine. He's a Democrat who introduced the, I, you know, wish him the best of luck. Democrat? I'm surprised. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? Mm. Shocking. <laughs> so not leaving the state, actually not even leaving the city. Phoenix, Arizona has another story that I just could not pass up. So it has been a tradition in the Arizona 
the city council to have a prayer before the council meetings. And, you know, all was fine and good as long as all of those people were Christians who were saying the prayer. But here come the satanic Templars <laughs> who decided that, oh, wait, there's this law that says that you have to allow anyone of any belief to give the invocation at the beginning of the council meeting. So they put their names in, and they are going to give a prayer in front of the council meeting in the city of Phoenix in Arizona. So that didn't go over too well. So immediately, they, the council members started, the city council just started doing everything they could to try to just frantically stop the prayers, right? Stop these Satanists from coming in and, and giving an invocation, which, God bless those Satanists. <laughs> they, uh, they actually, they made, they made a really good point. They basically said that any move to stop them from praying would be legally indefensible because they have a religion. What prevents you from saying a, a prayer to Satan? Uh, it's not the law. Uh, so they considered themselves, it says they, they specifically considered themselves invited every time the public square is open to religious expression. So I have a question. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I've heard, I've read a little bit about, but exactly what is Satanism? I mean, they don't actually worship the deity, what a slash deity name, known as Satan, right? Uh, some do. Some do. Oh. There are there are, there are Satanists and there are Satan worshippers. Satan worshippers are a different breed. That's basically your <laughs> high school emo kid who wants to rebel, and it's not really it's not really a serious thing. Satanists use the model of Lucifer for to 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 model their life after. So they they look at the story of Lucifer and how how Lucifer rebelled against God, and you know. It's better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven. And it's it's some, there's something about um, the self being the, the 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 center of your religion. I mean, it's a, a selfishness based kind of thing, right? Right. So okay. God exists in you, and you you are or I I. It's all about I. I mm. am the total sum of the universe. If I didn't exist, then everything that I know doesn't exist. So I am I am God for me. It's a very self yeah motivated idea. Okay. However, what they proposed, if if we actually uh, were to look at what they were going to say, it, it really made a lot of sense. They basically said, look, every we need to approach this, everything, this being the city council, we need to approach everything that we do as a, from an agnostic point of view, from mm -hmm. a point of view that we don't really know, but we're going to try and find out. That was what the, the basis of their prayer was going to be. And apparently this was way too much for the Phoenix City Council. And so eventually the, the, the prayer was going to be given on February 17th. And I'm not sure exactly when this is going to be posted up. But as of February 5th, they have abolished the prayer and are just going to do a moment of silence before every meeting. That's their solution. As solution. No. I'm okay with that because it actually gets a little bit of less religion in in government, which is where well, there should be less. But a, a, a moment of silence <laughs> there should is, be zero. <laughs> there should be zero. But at least a moment of silence is is fairly nonspecific. <laughs> yes, well, I say good for them. Good for them. The, I think the reasons for doing it were retarded, but the end result, meh, not so bad. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It was they, a no-win situation for them. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, the the winning situation for the Satanists was that if they were to actually strike them from the list and say, no, you cannot give the invocation, then mm. they would sue. They would sue the city. They would sue the state for violations of the, the Constitution. And they had to know that. That's why they caved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, although I can't possibly, I mean, being that I don't, I don't have any stock whatsoever in the Christian mythos, I, I, I can't possibly <laughs> agree with the Satanic Temple, mm. which is also based on the same mythos. But uh, hey, you know what? Good job. Yeah, now a moment of silence. I'm okay with. <laughs> Boy, those Satanists must be uh, like a double-edged sword for Christians. Mm. You know, it's like one they still kind of believe all the things you believe, but they're on the opposite end, so it's hard to condemn them. Like, you can condemn them in the sense that, like, they're evil or whatever, but it it's exactly what this situation was, you know? I wonder what would have happened if it had been a Scientologist that had requested to come in and do. They probably would have let him. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if that's true, if they would have just let him. Well, Scientologists <laughs> don't necessarily, I mean, while you may say you're wrong because you believe what you believe, it doesn't necessarily to know evil like Satanists do for them. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I for- I always forget that they actually believe in the existence and the presence of evil on this earth. So yeah. they – and they are the representatives of it. <laughs> yeah, they'd be more likely like, all right, we got to let the crazy Scientologists do their thing. Go mm. ahead, pray to Xenu. You know, when you're <laughs> finished, we'll start the thing. The other people are like, oh, my God, we're all going to hell now. We let them speak. <laughs> <laughs> So it was a good resolution to the the issue, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I mean, really, I found it more humorous than anything. But wow, just the fact that these they, they had to they had to come up with a law to subvert their own law. <laughs> they could right. that they could pray. <laughs> it's just amazing. The red lights How went angry off. They have to be that they're like, man, we totally got boned by those Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. What uh, what else do we have? Do do we want to uh, bring up the the thing that's really big in the news right now? The uh, you could probably touch upon it. What's big in the news right now? Um, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is huge at the moment. Oh, it is. I huge. promised myself Again, I wouldn't use a t- t- Trumpism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell me but more about you say how this is SCOTUS. a secular <laughs> issue and not a political issue. Because that, that's, I guess that's what I'm having the hardest time with. I mean, this for me is just clearly another, you know, instance of the, the Republicans just, you know, on, only, only satisfied with getting things the way they want and are unwilling to compromise and are willing to sacrifice the country to do so. Well, I think it kind of falls under religion because the, when they asked Ted Cruz about it in the last debate, he basically came right out and said, He's like, if you let Obama appoint the next judge, we will have rampant abortions going on in this country. <laughs> Flat out kind of said it like that. Right. More <laughs> importantly, why ask Ted Cruz? <laughs> it is crystal clear in the United States Constitution how this goes down. There's no question that just because you haven't treated him like the president for the last eight years that he's still <laughs> suddenly not the president because other people hope to be soon. He gets to appoint them, and they get to have their little judiciary stall tactics, and then the person gets in. That's how it works. That's how it's always worked, and that's how it needs to work this time. But for some reason, this they're asking fucking Donald Trump mm-hmm. what he thinks. Who gives a shit what he thinks? That 
fat-headed clown from Jersey should have no opinion on this whatsoever. Well, that's not necessarily true. They're all running for president, Ian. They, gotta, so they have to weigh in it on somehow. They Nothing. They all just, again, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the really ironic thing about this is the, all of this, all of them saying that, oh, well, we need to wait until we get a new president. It's going against what Antonin mm. Scalia believed. He right. was a constitutional purist. He really, really thought that the, the Constitution should be completely unaltered. The way it was written was like, you know, it was written by Jesus himself. <laughs> and the fact that they're, they're, they're not following the, the Constitution in order to, that, you know, they're saying that the president should, should not do this. Well, no, that, like Ian said, that, that's in the Constitution. And the fact that you're going against that, it just, it's throwing it in, in, you know, if you were going to revere this person in any way, you're not doing it. That, oh, they, and the but, fact that these are the, in many cases, literally the exact same people who took the completely opposite stance when they were trying to block, you know, Sonia Sotomayor from getting in. And whoever, Bill Clinton, I don't remember. I didn't look back that far. But back every time that the Democrats have controlled the the uh, Congress – you know, these are, it's always, Mitch McConnell was on the other side of this, saying yeah. exactly what he is, the opposite of what he is saying now. And it's just, the balls to do that just stuns me. Oh, Ian, I watched them flip-flop in the same debate on the Constitution, where they it, would meant say this, and then they would immediately, in the next following thing, whether they were talking about guns or something else, they're like, hey, hold on a second. The Constitution is not a living, breathing document. It needs to be stated word for word exactly how it is. Even though it has amendments in it, you fucking morons. <laughs> uh, that's Marco Rubio said that. So they can't even stay straight within the first, an hour of talking on this subject. I mean, for anybody who listens to this and can't see what it is, oh, you are a special kind of stupid. A special kind of stupid. <laughs> so back to your original question on how it's religious. I think it, it definitely is religious in some bearing because – or it comes back to – more it comes back to the idea of a secular – uh, not religious, because if you're a free thinker, if you believe that reason and logic should prevail, that this, I mean, the, the points we're bringing up should be obvious, it seems so, right? It seems so straightforward. Yeah. And, and when not only that, but Scalia was also incredibly Catholic. I don't know if you can be more Catholic than 100%. Oh, my but God. <laughs> he had nine children. <laughs> Nine. What? He has 36 grandchildren. Expect to see another one of these <laughs> pop up soon. <laughs> so a lot of his decisions were based on Catholicism, based on his belief. I mean, he, he even came out and said as much uh, yeah. publicly. So I, I well, think his replacement is, you know, highly important to uh, secularists and, and free thinkers. Well, he, and he actually twisted. No, maybe not twisted. He bent his interpretation of the constitution based on his religion and he and he admittedly did this i mean for example he said that the the united states was not founded on freedom of freedom of religion does not mean you are free from religion it means you are free to worship in whatever religion you like as long as it it's one of the three as long as it is a religion <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking probably again scientology is not in his list but he gets to make a list and no sorry you don't Who? and that Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. No, no. You, had, you were finishing a thought, and I thought you were- I lost it. <laughs> oh, nice work, Jared. Uh, who appointed him? Oh, that's Does anybody a good know? Question. Ray, Reagan, I think. Yes, oh. Reagan appointed him. 
I mean, what I'm about to say is probably not a very nice thing, but I cannot tell you how happy I was when I woke up and saw that he died. Hmm. I was generally had a smile on my face because I I hated everything that came out of that fucking asshole's mouth. (laughs) Everything. I feel bad for his family. I mean, yes, I'm not, I don't hate his kids or his grandchildren or anything like that and his wife. I'm sure they're very sad. He hmm. was a scumbag. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. You know who his best friend though was on the court? His his best friend was, um, oh, please don't tell me Thurman Thomas. No, Clarence uh, Thomas. Oh, Clarence no, Thomas. No, That's tiny, it. tiny woman with who always wears the. Um, oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They were best buds. Do you <laughs> believe that? Yeah, that she wrote crazy. that scathing letter to them. Was it over the game? I can't remember what it was. Something about how they are completely ass backwards. All of them yeah. <laughs> on what they're doing. They were completely opposite in the way that they thought about you know society and religion and and rights and human rights, and yet they were best friends. And I thought that was interesting. Well, maybe he was like a really nice guy, you know, in real life. But the fact that he was in a position to do these things mm. and the way he thought and the way he would twist it around to – I forget who said it before, though, how he would twist the Constitution to how he wanted it to be. Mm. Oh, I would get so enraged when I would hear him talk on subjects and the decisions that he would make. He set the country back decades. These or- goddamn lifetime appointments are one of the worst mm. things we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't remember who I just heard it from, but I think one of the problems is when a justice decides what his decision is going to be based upon his beliefs and then finds case law cases that will support his decision that he's already made. That's That's not what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the exact opposite. All right, so one final thing. I think think we're done with that. The one final thing I wanted to bring up, there was a poll that was – put out from the public policy polling, they have polled Trump supporters in South Carolina about their beliefs and about what they think Trump should do and, and, and the future. It is one of the scariest things I have read in recent history. 70% of them think that the Confederate flag should still be flying over the state capitol. No, mm-hmm. that 70% of avowed Trump supporters? Yes. Okay. Specifically, Trump's support in South Carolina. So these are South Carolinians, I think that's what they're called, uh, Mm -hmm. who specifically support Trump. 70% think that the Confederate flag should still be flying over the Capitol. 38% say that they wish that the South had won the Civil War. And if you Mm -hmm, let that sink in as to what the the implications are there, 80 to 9, 80% said that Trump's proposed ban on Muslims, that they were, they were for that. 31% 31% would support a ban on homosexuals entering the country as well. <laughs> Does that mean like even being born? Because that's kind of entering the country too, right? <laughs> 62% are for creating a national database of Muslims. Oh. And 40% support shutting down all mosques in the U.S. It's None terrifying. of this is shocking to me. Right. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm definitely not shocked. The only thing that I, I, I need a follow-up on is that when someone says they wish the South had won the Civil War, mm. I need to know to what extent. Like, in that they would have totally won or that their or that their separation, their secession would have been successful. Because B, I can get on board for. Right. Because I hate the South. As a matter of fact, beyond me hating the South, I think that one of the biggest problems 
that this country faces is its grotesque size. There's just too many people from too many different backgrounds to get anything moving in one direction. I think Absolutely. that the United States should be broken up into like eight different countries. Oh, about eight. Texarkana. We just went Texas. From, how'd you get from two to eight? <laughs> well, not I think you do about I mean, five. With, with Karen, Texarkana <laughs> can go. California and that all nonsense can do its own thing. The whole breadbasket Bible Belt can do its own thing. That whole Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota car factory can do its own thing. <laughs> and just leave New England alone. I like your dividing points. That's pretty cool. <laughs> can, now can come up just- with names. <laughs> Florida can just go. (laughs) (laughs) Florida can sink. Florida can break off and become a Caribbean island. In a few years, we won't have to worry about Florida. (laughs) Global warming, that's got to be a topic. Yeah, Yeah, next time, next time. All right. God's will. We don't need to worry about it. (laughs) The ascension is coming. We don't need to worry about the future. Anyway. All right. I think we've covered everything for this week. So I think that's about all the time we have this for this week. I hope you like what you heard or or not. Either way, we're going to leave a commentary on the website. So feel free to express your ideas, what you liked and disliked. We might comment on it next time. So I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. And I'm Ian. And as the late Dave Allen used to say, thank you, good night, and may your God go with you.